Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman, and I am here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman, and also our pop culture aficionado, Shane Christian Cunningham. Hello. Guys, how are you doing? <laughs> we're, we're pretty good. <laughs> Maybe let our listeners know why you guys are having a, a jovial little laugh there, Max. Well, you know, this week I've been in Toronto hanging out with our friend Dan Hamilton. The band doesn't have any shows this week. So, I don't know, we've just been taking in the summer in the city. So it's been fun. We we went out, you, Dan, and I, in, in the middle of the rainstorm. In the flood. In the flood. We'll which, get to that. Okay, we'll get to that. And then we ran into Shane last night, too. Well, I organized it. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, I, was, I found out who the mystery person on the pod was. You were saying that you wouldn't say his name. Yeah. But you were saying someone was saying that I never reach out. Yeah, you gang. never say. You just get insulted if you didn't get invited to things. So, so that person was Dan Hamilton. Yes, it was. <laughs> so Dan kind of, I think, listened to what I was saying, and he understood that Dan's kind of the leader of the group. Sure, yeah. So then Dan started actually reaching out to me. He's like, there's an Arctic Monkey show. Do you want to come? And he started, like, having me uh, in his, like, we were texting with yeah. one another. And I was like, okay, so Dan's my friend again. And then, <laughs> so last night I was like, Dan, what's shaking? Uh, was like, so you did the thing where you poked the bear. And he's like, Shane, thank you so much for texting me. That's <laughs> <laughs> so horrible. And he's like, but I have a, uh, a charity. I guess you were involved in a charity ping pong. Thing. Yeah. Our friend was posting a, a charity ping pong tournament for uh, victims of the mm-hmm. Danforth shooting. So, oh, did you, you didn't plan it? No, I mean, I played a little bit. Okay. It was more of just to donate at the door kind of thing. Okay. But yes, point is I partied last night with the gang he did and well i guess i'll talk about it at the end because it was it was kind of an interesting night are you going to say for the dessert i think that's the tease for the I dessert as well okay. yeah, yeah yeah all right so listeners now you know or just skip right to dessert if you want to hear what went down last night yeah but before we get to that guys today on the show we have chromio yeah the the, the montreal funk lords this is what i like to call them their fifth album head over heels is out right now so check it out before we get to those guys, we'll get to that interview in a bit. Mm-hmm. I like those guys a lot, actually. Yeah, that was a great, great chat. What's been going on in our lives, dudes? I ran into uh, a member of your band. Well, really? Who? So my wife is pregnant. I think that our listeners may or yeah. may not know that. Congrats, Mike. Thank you so much. I'm sorry I hadn't <laughs> let you know yet, Shane. <laughs> but, uh, and uh, because she's pregnant, we had a midwife appointment that I had to go to yesterday, actually. That's so right. Around 1.30 in the afternoon, uh, I go to this midwife appointment. I walk in, and there's Danica. She's sitting there, and I go, hey. And she gives me, like, a smile, and she, like, points to her right. But it's kind of like a, like a nervous smile. So I'm like, what? what is she pointing at? And I look over, and there's Tony and Scarlett. Yeah. And did Danica forget Scarlett's name? Well, get this. So Tony's <laughs> the key, for our listeners, Tony's the keyboard player in your band. And yeah. obviously, Tony and I know each other. And Wait, I pick he's up- a midwife? <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> he's our midwife. Wonderful hands. <laughs> Play the keyboard and deliver a baby. So anyway, I see Tony, and I see Scarlett. I'm like, hey, what's up? They're like, hey. I'm, I, it's the first time I saw their baby, Oscar. Uh, super nice, nice. But then I sit down, and they go into their appointment. And Danica goes, oh, my God. And I go, what? And she goes, because I like I follow Scarlett, who's a, a very prominent photographer, on yeah. Instagram, and I follow Tony. When they came walking in, I go, hey, guys. Uh, but she's like, they don't know me. Like, she's uh, like, maybe sure. I met Tony once, like, a year ago. And she's like, and I've never met Scarlett. Uh, yeah. So they both just kind of looked at me like, Hi. <laughs> and she goes, so I was immediately like, oh my, what do I say? She goes, I- I'm Mike Veerman's wife. And then they're like, oh, hi. But it's that thing where it, like you recognize someone from social media. Mm-hmm. So you say hi, like you know each of other. Of course. Like, and you know, it's like, I, like, how was your meal last night at like the Italian restaurant? <laughs> like, like, you know, weird details about yeah. them, despite the fact never having talked to them. Yeah, but yeah. They were very sweet. And then we all just hung out and did baby talk. And I'm uh, like, cool. oh my God, this is my life for the yeah. next 20 years. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm happy, man. No, I'm kidding. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. But there was a lot of baby talk. Uh, like, what is, what is, like, oh, how are you, cutie? And all that. that was Tony. That's yeah. how he speaks, actually, for those who have never heard him talk. Uh, no, like, uh, just talking about, like, oh, what do you do after the baby arrives? Because now they've mm-hmm. had their, their son, Oscar, and, uh, you know, the midwife comes to the yeah. house. And- I was just trying to make a joke that you were actually talking in baby voices. I'm yeah. a little off today. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that yeah, in the yeah, dessert. Yeah. Yeah. What else has been shaken? Well, do we want to talk about the, the, the flood, the great flood? Of, uh, the great flood of 2018? Yeah, that ended up being a great night. Well, actually, I'm going to go back a little bit yeah, yeah. right before I met up with you guys. So on that night, which was a Tuesday night, I believe, Yeah, I was actually doing a thing for The Nut uh, right. for ASICS, yeah. and manager Ash was on the panel. Yep. What had happened is The Nut had reached out, and he was like, hey, would you be willing to kind of... It was like a panel with Live Nation and ASICS, and you basically discuss like working in the music industry and your experiences and advice mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. So it was going to be um, myself and Ashley, your manager, and uh, Madeline from Universal yeah. and Mark Russell from Live Nation. We're all going to be in this panel discussing these things, and the nut was going to moderate it. Yeah. So this was the setup. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll, it's down the street. I'll show up and wax poetic. I don't know. He's like, there's some free shoes in it for you. I'm like, fucking A. I'm like, I like free shit. <laughs> uh, and to be honest, I'd never worn Asics before. How are they? I haven't taken them off my feet. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not being like a, a shill because yeah. I got free stuff, but they're actually amazing. Do okay. you guys wear these shoes? They look cool. They look cool. I like yeah. those a lot. You made a good selection. Thank you. So, okay, we'll get to that part in a second. Here's the sad part. So, I was at a cottage this weekend, and I got a call on Sunday from the nut, and he said, "Hey, Mikey." He goes, "Um, this panel we're supposed to do on Tuesday." He's like, "We've, I've got really bad news uh, about his dog Hudson. He has two dogs." Phoenix and Hudson, he's like, I think we're going to have to put Hudson down on Tuesday, which is really fucking sad because Hudson it was a great dog and he was a rescue dog. And um, he says, I don't think I can do the panel. He's like, can you step in and just moderate it and basically run point guard? I was like, yeah, man, whatever you need. I was like, 100%. I'm like, you take care of your business and all that stuff. So the nut was out. R.I.P. Hudson. That sucks. Our thoughts are with the nut because honestly, we haven't seen him all week. I think yeah. he's, I think he's taking it hard as anyone would that loves um, their pet, their pet, the yeah. way that uh, he does. So anyway, did the panel. Uh, the cool thing about the panel, uh, shifting gears a bit, is that I walk into the ASIC store on Queen Street and they organize us like right away. They bring us upstairs and they're like, okay, before we do the panel, and they just they show us the whole wall and there's like you know, 110 shoes up there, and they go pick whatever you want. Oh, wow. That's so we just cool. got to choose. So everyone on the panel got to just pick a pair of shoes. Which do you, is pretty do awesome. they make you slap them on your feet before you do the panel? Oh, yeah. They do. Yeah. Oh, okay. They, they actually they want those photos, probably. Yeah. And Mark Russell, was, who's a great guy, was wearing a, a Lululemon shirt. Like, but it was the smallest logo on the back of the shirt. And they're like, do you mind switching into another shirt? And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. So they give him this shirt that just says ASICS across the front. <laughs> <laughs> so the panel went great. Everybody was really good and thoughtful. And it was a cool little crowd and it was really really fun and uh, i was happy to fill in in for the nut and, and run point on that this this pod is just us telling stories about free stuff we get is that what it's becoming that's basically what we it need is. to shift gears so anyway so so after that i come home with my new shoes yeah and then you and dan were like hey I think we're feeling a little saucy why don't you come down to the apartment because yeah. again we live in the same building and i'm like all right fine i come on down and you guys Start mixing up vodka sodas right away. Well, it was one of those things where it's like Dan and I went out for dinner, and then we were walking down King Street, and we were passing Roy Thompson Hall, <laughs> and there was this, like, patio party going on, like, in the basement level of Roy Thompson Hall, and then there was just, like, these bartenders who kind of recognized me from the street, so we were, we were like, you know, 50 feet away from each other, but, but I was just kind of, like, looking over the ledge just being like what is going on at this party here because there was a stage and there was like musicians and stuff and i was just kind of like observing and then they just like waved us in they're like come in like drinks <laughs> like they were like holding up like, like <laughs> bottles and, and i just looked at dan i was like 
should we? And he's like, yeah. So we walk to the front, and uh, there's a woman uh, with a clipboard, like who has a guest list. And then I was like, hey, um, I'm probably on this guest list. Wow. <laughs> and then she's like, what's your name? I'm like, um, I'm with the Arkells, and like doesn't mean anything to her. So I'm like, fuck, okay. And then I was like, uh, probably Universal Music. And then she's just like. When you say universal music, it just sounds just official enough to be like, okay, like that did the trick. <laughs> and then we went in and like saw some people that we knew. We left with like a Roots gift bag. It was, it was a Roots party. <laughs> wow. <what laughs> <we should>. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so that was like one of those like moments when like you're going to go, you know, fun stuff might happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so then we uh, got an Uber. We went to a bar on King Street West and immediately basically shut down because the place started to flood. Like it, it was flooded. Every place on King Street West uh, and downtown Toronto, basically. Were you guys getting wet? Well, we had to... Sp- it came to our table, basically, and then they were like, we're shutting it down. It was like 10, 30, or 11 at night. We're like, wow. So they last called everybody. Well, I knew we were in trouble when we left the actual, like, my, my apartment building just to go to the Uber because it was literally maybe a five-foot run. And in just the run from the, the, the lobby to the fucking Uber, we were soaked. Like that's how aggressive the rain was on Tuesday night. I felt like yeah. So we so we we left there. We sprinted to the next place over to see if they were open. It was the keg, and that was uh, the doors cool. were locked. But luckily, like this kind server let us in and hover there. And then like okay, we're closed. And so we, then we sprinted to the next place. It was just like whatever. Kept was running open. everywhere, and everyone was flooded. Like yeah. and there's like oh, our bars flooded, but you can. The one guy lets us in because he was an Arkells fan. So yeah. So basically, the one bar uh, beer market ended up like, staying open just for us. Just uh, okay. because you're famous. Wow. It's a good life, man. <laughs> Roots bags and bars are being kept open. It was a great night. Though. Yeah, it was really fun. Mike was very funny. Mike was in like prime Mike funny mode. Like we ran oh, yeah. into like people and he was just like telling the funniest. I've never laughed harder. <laughs> Seriously, Mike was, you know, when Mike's in that sweet spot. Of course. Yeah. Right before he's too drunk. Yeah. <laughs> right before he falls off the cliff. Yeah. yeah. We he all have in, that sweet spot. Yeah, but he was in that sweet spot for like a solid like two hours and making jokes and like callbacks. You know, in other news, uh, it was just kind of the opposite of sort of like rock star treatment. <laughs> My mom got really mad at me yesterday because she's usually like we get along and she's generally like proud of me. But there's been like two instances lately where she gets so frustrated with me. Yesterday, I I had bored their car uh, because they were away in Europe, and she was like, "Make sure you fill up the, the gas, honey. You know, we're letting you board the car." Fill, and I didn't do that. <laughs> and then she was just kind of giving me silent treatment around the house. And then finally, she was like, "Why didn't you fill up the gas?" Just <laughs> wow. Kinda, yeah, she got really mad. And then about a couple months ago, I don't know if I told this during the pod, but I had was I was sleeping over at my parents' house, and I was getting ready for bed. And I was like looking around for my toothbrush because I have like a little drawer in, in the bathroom. I couldn't really find it. And then I saw another toothbrush there. And I was like, you know, when you when you know the truth, but you kind of convince yourself, like, you like, oh, that could be mine. You yeah. Know, that could be my toothbrush. So then I just used it. And then the next morning, I woke up at like 8 a.m. I was like walking down the stairs. My mom's like making the bed in her room. I'm like, hey, morning, mom. I'm like half asleep. And then she just looks at me. And my mom is like very proper and like doesn't swear ever. She just looks at me. She goes, I'm so fucking mad you used my Whoa. fucking toothbrush. <laughs> Wow, she's a loose candidate. Yeah, just in these two instances. <laughs> right. Otherwise, she's like pretty cool. Yeah, and they're reasonable requests. They're totally reasonable Fill up the requests. tank and use your own fucking toothbrush. Well, this is it. It's like sometimes I forget. It's like you're a 31-year-old man. Like 
when you like but you yeah. know you're in that in the context of like being around your parents and you're always just like nah i'm like nine yeah you but know? you've luckily been able to have this like extended adolescence where you'll just show up at dan's and strip your clothes off and leave them on the floor yeah. and then borrow dan's shirt use his toothbrush yeah and you just that's just how it goes yeah i'm i i know the kind of people i can't do that with yeah like mike d and our band would have none of it you know like <laughs> I, like mike d and i know that we you know, probably can't live together because he'd want to kill me. But but I there are some people in my life that tolerate it more. Like your brother and Al, like as as roommates, like we're all very easygoing when it comes to like right. that stuff. Dan uh, seems to tolerate it. A oh, lot. Dan's very he tolerant. likes capitalizing up it on his Instagram. <laughs> he's like Max is my friend, and he left all this stuff here. You know, like it's like a way to tell people he's friends with yeah, famous yeah, yeah. person. Yeah, yeah. Think he'll be mad that I said that? No. no okay. He, he you just have to reach out and text. Right. And ask him if he wants to hang out. But when, when your mom yells at you, like, uh, calls you, like, you, I'm so fucking pissed, are you scared? Like, what do you do? I, I usually just apologize. Like, I, right. I'm just like, yep. Because like, I have no defense for it, right? <laughs> well, I'm it's just... terrifying when someone who's never angry gets angry. Yeah. Like, I'd be very scared if you got angry at me. Yeah. Or my father-in-law. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, if he ever gets John... mad at me, oh, and I know okay. it's going to happen at one point in my life, uh-huh. it's going to be the worst day of my life. Yeah, I, I, I'd put my dad in that category. My mom can get a little more frustrated easily but if my dad were to get really mad at me that'd be a scary thing mm-hmm. how often does your mom swear like never so that's like a real sign yeah that oh yeah you yeah. fucked up like yeah. have you ever sworn at someone like i couldn't picture you getting mad probably not what mm-hmm. speaking of swearing at people that reminds me of an old story and you know this one shane uh one of our buddies uh i won't say his name because he probably doesn't want the story on the pod although it's one of the most funny stories i remember we were all drinking at hess village uh, a place in hamilton and our friend had been dating this girl and this girl had sort of left him for like another dude, like this dude that he, she kind of worked with or something. But I guess he had known this guy when they, him and his girlfriend were dating. So now that she's moved on and this guy kind of weaseled in, uh, they see each other like at the bar. And so our friend is like kind of standing on like a patio and the other guy's like in the street and he's kind of making like sharp eye contact at him. You know what I mean? He's kind of looking at him like, you're a dirty dog. You know, you tried to snake my girl. You know, I thought we kind of knew each other. And the guy looks at him and he goes, fuck you. <laughs> and our friend standing on the patio, I, I literally watched him because I was like, you know, like those, like the Michael Jackson popcorn or the eyes on Twitter. I was like, what's he going to say? Because our friend isn't like a, a confrontational dude that but way. He, but he had been making these eyes at the guy. He was making the okay. eyes. But so then he, the he guy like kind of startled him by just going, fuck you. <laughs> and so he, you see his shoulders kind of shimmy and he's, he's a little bit taken aback. And I go, what is he going to do? And he goes, fuck me. Fuck you! <laughs> but it was so like it was just such a soft. Who did this? I don't know this story. It was. Oh did my God. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me! Fuck you! It was just like the wheels in the brain were turning. Fuck me! Fuck you! Yeah. That's what that comeback. I was like, that's what that guy just said. You need something else. <laughs> and then the guy just kept moving. And then me and him laughed about that forever. That's like still like a, a pretty funny one. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, um, I haven't been in many of those kind of confrontational situations, but I'm sure everyone thinks like, oh, I should have said this thing. Like, oh, are you definitely. guys quick on your feet? I feel like you've probably gotten some good confrontation. You're talking about like jerk store, like the, mm. uh, that Seinfeld episode yeah. where George is in a confrontation and he doesn't say the thing in the moment. So then he takes all this time to think about it. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm more like that unless I'm really angry. Uh-huh. Like when I get really angry, I'm pretty good. But if I'm not, I'm really bad at like getting a good insult. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think the best way to diffuse those things now is like if you're angry, you are going to say something. But if somebody's like being aggressive to you, the best way to, to disarm is just be like, what, what's wrong? Like yeah, yeah. if you don't match their intensity and you actually kind of take more of like a, 
not submissive position, but just more of like a nonchalant, like, an, or yeah. you ask them a question back. They almost are just like they're confused by what's mm-hmm. going on in the situation. That's what I'm gonna do with my mom next time she gets mad. What, what's up? <laughs> that would make her so furious. <laughs> imagine, mom, are you okay? Huh? Huh? I don't follow. What's going on? Let's get to the root of what's really making you angry. <laughs> You're a 31 year old man. Use my fucking toothbrush. There's one other thing I wanted to talk about because I hadn't talked about this on, on a few other pods. Is I ended up going to um, this birth prep class. I did a whole weekend uh, yeah. of intensive birth prep, and uh, the one thing I took away from that, which I thought was really interesting, about the way to sort of overcome pain in your brain, because they're talking. And obviously, these women are scared. They're about to go through this crazy, you know experience by birthing a human being and their body is already going through this metamorphosis so they're talking about like the idea of pain management so what they did was they handed us all ice the instructor's like just hold it and she's got her phone out she's timing it and so you're holding it and i don't know if you guys have ever done this before you ever done this before holding ice yeah Uh, like for an extended period of time no so if you hold the ice and she goes for a full minute i'm telling you by like the 25 second mark the ice starts to burn your hand that's just the way it goes so if you were holding ice right now you'd be holding it and she's like don't let go of it until i tell you let go of it so we're all sitting there but you start to like you feel it you start like kind of like moving your leg and you're like and then at the end of the minute she's like okay put the ice back in like the um the cloth that she gave us so then we put the ice back in and then she starts talking to us about these techniques where she's like, what I want you to do is like, and these are just kind of like meditative things, things to like put your brain on something else mm. and just like mantras to say. So she gives us this whole thing about doing that. She's like, okay, put the ice back in your hand again. And then you do the technique while you're holding the ice. And then she's like, hold it. And she's like walking through the technique. She goes, okay, put it down now. She's like, how long do you think you were holding the ice that time? We were like, I don't know, like 30 seconds. She was like, it was exactly the same time as the oh, first wow. time. So That's it was like so. kind of this like mental, I found it the most effective because I was like, oh man, that like actually works. And so what I'm saying is that I have now gone through the pain of holding ice in my hand for a minute. So I feel like I understand birth uh, implicitly. <laughs> wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. The ring of fire, it's called. Yeah, you've been through it. What's, what's that? That's, they call the, the ring of fire, unless I'm wrong, but it's when the babies <laughs> comes through the uh, mm. vagina. Oh, I got to do some more reading. Yeah. I still got some time. Mm-hmm. Guys, do you want to get to Chromeo? Let's get to Chromeo. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a loose one today, I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, actually, before before we do that, Shane, is there any updates on the intern contest, or are we going to do that in the dessert? Oh, yeah, I wanted to uh, say, because Max kind of fucked up the schedule, but anyway, that'll be on th- next week. We'll do yeah. the ne- Not this pod, but the next pod will be the intern contest. Yeah. Okay, so Chromeo. We went to the show that night. We were actually pretty blown away because of how much they put into their stage yeah the investment into the production of their tour is always really impressive and i follow them on instagram um and like the way they've curated their instagram it's very stylized they have this like 80s r&b like aesthetic and they're really you can tell they put a lot of thought into not only their music but just their presentation and uh and i've been a big fan for a long time so i was very excited to sit in on this one so you're legitimate. So I never really listened to them. I know they like their hits, their yeah. music kind of floats around. But then when we went to the show, I was like, okay, let's see what this is all about. And I'm going to be talking to these guys tomorrow, so it's good to sort of check out exactly what they're doing. And I, I walked away thoroughly impressed. And I was very interested to see what kind of dudes they were going to be when we talked to them because their show is so sort of like a bit throwback rock and roll. It's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it's also like sincere. And it's kind of got like got kind of a bit of everything, I think, the way they just sort of present and the way that they operate. Um, and it was interesting. So I had to go because actually our guy, Greg Stewart, was not here to sort of usher them around. So they were doing BNN, which is the Business News Network, yeah. uh, just talking about money and investments and all that stuff. And I had to go get them from that interview. That interview went a little bit long. So I got to see kind of like the tail end of it. But it was interesting seeing like this guy in a suit, like on a set, talking to the two dudes from Chromio who are like looking like rock stars, yeah. completely decked out on the BNN set. Uh, so I grabbed them. We bring them up. And 
you'll hear in this interview, they actually shut us down a little early because uh, they had to go on to the next thing. Yeah. They were busy boys. But we'll get them for a longer one next time. Touch on all sorts of stuff, though. Uh, Bruno Mars giving them a call, asking about uh, advice since. since. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all sorts of stuff. So their fifth album, Head Over Heels, is out now. Check it out. Guys, if you're tuning in for the first time, maybe you're a Chromeo fan and you're just here for the interview, please, we have over 100 episodes, interviews with all sorts of musicians, comedians, actors, directors. You can now find us on Spotify, which is a pretty exciting deal. Guys, we're on Yeah, I just downloaded it on Spotify. Did you? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah? It's, yeah, it's a very easy app to, to navigate for a podcast. It's great. It's a big deal for us. Yeah. So aside from Spotify, we're also on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, anywhere you get your podcasts, that's where we live. Mike on Much, over 100 episodes and interviews with all sorts of interesting people. Guys, do you want to get to Chromia? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, great show last night. Yeah, we, yeah, we came by. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. It was awesome. Thank you. Well, first off the bat, I was really impressed with the uh, the stage setup. Thank you. That you guys are rolling through. Like, I, I walked into Danforth, and I was like, fuck, they got a whole thing going on here. Yeah. yeah. You guys, you bring that everywhere. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to give people their money's worth, man. Yeah. Seriously. Honestly, it's funny. Like, a, the value of that, I think, for, like, your fans or anybody that's maybe seen you for the first time is so important, I think. And it's always interesting to me when artists you know, are very conscious about investing in that sort of thing. Is that yeah. something that... We you... took a bank loan, dude. Get out. Yeah, yeah. it's going to take us two years to pay that thing back. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into a conversation about that. Like, the two of you sit down and you're like, what is this going to cost us? And is it worth it as far as, like, sort of, like, value for the, the visceral feeling yeah. that people are going to have watching the show? Absolutely worth it. The entertainment factor, yeah. but also, like... The aesthetic, you know, like... We we work from the assumption that like well or like we're we tell each other like look we're we're a band that's been around for this is our fifth album like we got to make it interesting you mm -hmm. know because we're music fans too and we know that music fans can be jaded music fans want novelty and you got to give people something new to take to take home like if they're going to spend hard-earned money on a on a show ticket you know so it's worth it for us yeah i've been a fan forever and but it was my first time seeing you guys last night and oh, it, was, it was it was awesome just to see and i follow you guys on instagram and i also th just think it's so smart because i know it's a big investment but it's one of these you got to spend money to make money kind of yeah. ideas i think because it instagrams and like it it works on the internet so well too so you get you kind of the live experience, people walk into the Danforth and think, holy shit, I've never seen it look like this. But yeah. then on Instagram and just like because we're living in 2018 and people are on their phones, it, it yeah. photos like in so much of the show, I thought is like the, you know, the moment where the spotlight hits your guitar and that just like looks like gold. I'm sure you get these photos after the show and go yeah. fucking right. Yeah. Well, we, 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 we designed the show with those moments in mind mm -hmm. and there's almost one of those phonogenic moments per song. Yeah. It's it's choreographed. Well, this it? is it. I love the choreography and and the fact there's layers to this and there's different heights and you guys can go back yeah. to back. It's like it's old school showmanship that a totally. lot of indie it's, rock bands I think theater, are, yeah, yeah, are too. Um, Jaded is the wrong word, but just aren't as interested in putting on a show. And I love performers yeah. that like think about like that's why Bruno Mars is like my favorite guy because right. like he's the best at it. him and Beyonce like. Yeah, you know, they're like, yeah. and we're we're on another we're on a smaller level. Yeah, but we try. I mean, for us, it's not even like, of course, Bruno, Beyonce, like all those big. I mean, when you're talking about arena shows, yeah, 
it's another it's another paradigm because yeah. you you but i mean the, it but the concepts are the same concepts are just yeah. bigger yeah it's just bigger but like at an arena show you almost ex- you want you have to get that yeah you know because it's there's so many people to entertain at such a big level we bring it us like our influence so to speak is almost like you know we look at old like YouTube's of like Kiss, yeah. Iron Maiden, it's like, you know, you know, Iron Maiden and Beyonce, like that's sort like of Kiss, Life at the going. Spectrum, the 1983. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and they had their whole theatrics there too. They had there was smoke, there was you know, yeah, the comp- Alice Cooper, like, <laughs> yeah, and so you know, this guy's like dance fake music. bats on stage. Yeah. Like, and there's some stuff like you like, oh, is that a little corny? But then you do it, and you're like, no, this is the best. That was like the right. highlight of the no, it's entertainment. Correct. Yeah, we and did. It, I mean, all music rides that line anyway. Of course. I think so. Well, Max, you just mentioned Bruno Mars, and I'd read a thing that... Actually, it, no, I told you this. You, that is true, actually, that you guys are maybe the go-to dudes for 80 cents noises when it comes to Bruno Mars. I mean, he calls I, I've heard that, that he calls you. I want confirmation I mean, on he, that. No, he's I called me a couple of times. I, I, I ain't picking up. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, so when he calls you, what's that conversation like? For he's like, mostly interested in the talk box. Oh, interesting. Ah. Yeah. And he just like was working stuff. on his twenty four carat intro, yeah. And, and <laughs> my boy, yeah, and my boy, uh, Mister Talkbox, ended up doing it. Oh wow! I mean, he's a beast. Yeah. You know, it's just like, yeah, he's a beast. Like it's 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 like the talent on with that guy's next level. Well, that's what makes him good, though. Is he's probably observant and he goes, "Oh, these guys have their ear to the ground on like this shit and yeah. know it super well." So I'm gonna have a conversation. I mean, he obviously I- went for you know the old school funk. <laughs> late 80s early 90s thing and he was like all right zap these guys know you know mm-hmm. let me yeah, copy. but like yeah he could do anything though like he yeah. could do a next album of probably like power ballads and sure kind of, you know because yeah. he's that's his thing like he's just like so good it's vers- versatile. versatile yeah crazy i was just listening to you guys uh do that interview before us with bnn which was fascinating just to hear sort of like the way you guys think about the business of music in and of itself have you guys always sort of thought with that in mind? Because I think a lot of people get into music because like, oh shit, this is fun or I've made a cool sound or I can perform for people. And then at some point it shifts and it becomes a job. It becomes a business. You have to be cognizant of lasting. Did you guys go into it with that mindset? Meaning like, oh, we're well aware that this is business or was it, hey man, we're actually kind of good at making music and now it's become a viable thing that we have to learn how to do this. We learned pretty quick. I mean, first of all, we never thought we were good at making music, which was weird. We always thought, you know, Chromio was just something we did to make ourselves, make each other like entertained. Yeah. Really? And like to just like, we didn't know that people were really going to. But but the business comes in early because. For us it did. The business is actually more important when you start. Because if you want to start somewhere and get places when you make very little money, you have to be really creative. Mm. You know? Then it's about keeping your money and managing it when you start making it. But when you just start, that's when it's the most important to be smart making something out of nothing literally you have a tour where you get 500 dollars per show like yeah okay how do we make this how do we go to pittsburgh mm-hmm. uh, let's drive 13 hours in my toyota rav4 <laughs> that's a true story you know like yeah true story yeah we, that's where it starts and we were also like when we started chromio we were um you know we were already like almost in our mid-20s like we're like 23 24 so it's not like we were like 18 mm-hmm. like it was our first we had college degrees and stuff or you were at columbia right? Co- yeah. yeah so it was like we we kind of went at it from more of an adult perspective i want to say almost yeah. so i was already doing uh working at 
Mogadio for as an accountant. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you had like an adult job, a legitimate, yeah. I mean, uh, conventional job. Yeah. More or less. It was still like in the music, you know. Yeah, of course. I was dealing with synthesizers, so. Well, that's interesting because inevitably in any career, there's going to be sort of ebbs and flows. And especially in the beginning, it's, you know, it's rare that someone's like, oh, we got our big hit and we're, we're made. Were there times where you guys go, I don't know, man. Like, we might have to go back to accounting or find some alternative <laughs> yeah, career. <we're> not. <laughs> we try very hard to not let it get to that. But it, I think, like, you know, you just have to constantly adapt. Like, music, is, it changes so much, you know? And I, I mean, I think every couple of years it implodes in the music biz. Something implodes in the music biz. Like, do you guys see how many festivals got canceled this year? Yeah. Like, how many festivals just get canceled this year. It's that's crazy. That's how you make your money. Like, yeah, so yeah. for us, yeah. no, but literally, mm -hmm. like, we just yeah. have to be like, okay, because there was a bubble there. Like, mm -hmm. a couple of years ago, everybody's like, I mean, I think Pemberton, yeah. that's gone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sasquatch is gone. There's a bunch Squamish of... Squamish is gone, yeah. Squamish is gone. Yeah. And those, like, Pemberton, Squamish is yeah. classic. Yeah. And so... Way home, gone. Yeah. It changes our business model, yeah. you know, because we are used to hitting X amount of festivals per year. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we have to adapt. But those are conversations we constantly have. And then like, so that's one thing like that we're all seeing change. And then like, you know, you guys, I'm sure have seen like all the, the backlash about the Spotify Drake thing, like sure. users wanting their money, everybody calling it out. Like, yo, this is rigged. It's crazy. I'm not taking anything away from Drake, the quality of music, the talent, it, the whole thing's incredible, but like just on a platform level, like, okay, what's going on here? So maybe in a couple of years, it'll be a different metric. Yeah. We don't know what it's going to be. I always say you got to be really nimble. It's like, as Straight soon up. as you get dogmatic about like, this is the way we do stuff. Yeah. I remember having, I'm in the Arkells and having conversations with the label before. Oh, you, didn't you guys cover one of our songs? We did. Yeah. At uh, in Victoria, you. when you guys couldn't make the gig, <laughs> yeah. we had to fill in. <laughs> uh, yeah. We do the encore. Thank we spent you. the whole day like, learning well we knew the tune but like getting it down yeah. and getting the lyrics together but um but i remember the label being like we need to drive everybody to your homepage. the homepage is the, the hub of everything you do right. and then you're like and then two years later it's like no one goes to home pages no, like, no you got to be active everywhere and yeah. you got to be nimble and you and you can't get to like this is my thing because no. that thing might not exist you know or yeah. it's like this is the thing for the next eight months yeah. and then it'll be another thing. yeah do you ever try to think like Obviously, you react to what's happening, meaning festivals are being canceled. But do you ever try to get in the mind of the consumer, like the concert goer, where they're, it's like, why are festivals being canceled? Do people not want to consume music that way anymore? No. Well, when we get into the mind of the consumers, tying back to the stage show, for yeah. instance, like, yeah. this, this was us, our way of being like, okay, wherever they catch us, we want to give them a spectacle. We yeah. want to give them their money's worth. We want to you know, exceed their, ex like what you guys said yesterday, like if I can say, you know, I think maybe like the stage design kind of like exceeded your expectations of what you would see at Danforth on a Tuesday night. Certainly. Yeah. Right. So we just, we're, we put ourselves in that mindset, like how can we blow people's minds, you mm -hmm. know, visually or sonically and stuff. So for the new record, fucking love it. And, uh, and I was reading up about it and how you wanted to do more co-writes and kind of yeah. collaborations. Can you talk about just like, the conversation between you two were like okay this is the next step for us and why you chose to go that direction it's so weird because like now like we're now that that album's done and out we're like man can't wait to go back in the studio and just do stuff just the two of us nobody <laughs> else yeah. like it's just so weird like it's 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 it's, it's a chapter waves, of your life kind yeah, of thing it's, where you're like let's give yeah. this a go yeah, yeah. we just felt like after nothing is final and no. you know it's just 
this is what we wanted to do at the time and mm -hmm. we did it and i was like you know what i miss us jams yeah you know and then we'll do go back in and do soulful stuff with just us two and then who knows maybe the next album will be something else well i yeah. find a lot of bands like the thing they do is just kind of reaction to the last thing they did and then you kind of just like I don't know, well, we did that last time. Okay, and then you could do that, and then you go, okay, well, we did that last time. And then so you kind of keep Maybe, yeah. At least I, for us. Yeah, no, same. I yeah. mean, I, like, I think once we did White Women, we, we were like, okay, we did four albums, you know, kind of almost in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. Let's start doing sessions with other people. And we started, and then we were like, okay, this is a really interesting learning curve for us, and it poses new challenges that we had never faced in our career before. So we're like, of course, like being us, we were like, let's try this. Mm -hmm. You know, like a, a lot of people would would have run away from it, but we were like, let's try it. And I, I think, honestly, I think some of these co-writes or some of these like songs that took, you know, a year and a half to craft and to get right have yielded some of the most interesting Chromeo jams. Like for me, Bad Decision, mm -hmm. it's not like Bad Decision, like, you know, which we worked on for a good year. You know, a song like that to me is like, I'm I'm thrilled that we went through the 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 process to get that song because i feel like we nailed that one you know yeah but then you got another song like right back home to you like the interlude on the album which we literally did in 15 minutes uh, yeah, yeah so it it's just different and uh, i saw tony hopper mixed it he mixed, mixed two songs okay two songs. Yeah. he did our two records ago he produced nice. it did you uh did you like him yeah yeah he's mm -hmm. uh kind of like a quirky little scientist totally. nerd. like yeah. uh, <laughs> totally. he, he did he mixed two songs on well, which ones uh, he did Just Friends and yeah. Room Service. Okay, cool. Well, I think we'll work with him again. He's good. Yeah, he's good. Did you do it at his space? Yeah. At, on York Boulevard uh, there? In Eagle Rock. Yeah, yeah. In Eagle Rock. Yeah, yeah. That's where we did the, the whole record. I mean, we, we, we didn't track there. We just mixed no, it. No, he just makes it. Yeah, we tracked some of our stuff there. We're getting the wrap-up sign. Okay. What else Already? We I know. I was like, man. Uh, yeah. minutes. How long do we got? Open the door. You can open the door. <laughs> we have to get down to the Virgin Studio by in like the next... Yeah, we'll ask a one we'll or two do, We'll do That's three okay. more. <laughs> Virgin, they can wait. <laughs> um, How I'll long is get... your podcast usually? We usually we usually get like 25 minutes with the artists. Half How long hour. has this been? We go deep. Uh, we've only done 12 minutes. No, just, we just... got We can tell them. We can push. No, it. it's all good. I don't want to, you know, then we start messing with people in the building and they're like, okay, oh, okay, the okay, podcast. Okay, okay. Comes back to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, well. Yeah. Long uh, long I don't want you guys to feel like you got gypped. It's all good. We love doing podcasts. Well, maybe we'll do a longer one another time. Hell yeah. But, um, one thing I'm interested in is like anytime there's like a partnership with people that have been friends for as long as you guys have been friends and you know, you're in a creative endeavor, you're in a business endeavor. Like what's, what would you say the secret is? Like, is it the idea that like, do you guys still hang out outside of touring? How often do you talk? Is the, is the relationship the same? We talk of? every day. Really? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Every single day. You know, that's, that's all we do. We're either in the studio or on tour. Yeah. And, I mean, like on know. the lat, like when we were in New York, we would like go see movies and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. we didn't do it as much in LA because I think we were like so focused on this album. Yeah. Like this, the thing is when we were talking about like this album, like there's there's like a level of slickness that we wanted to achieve on this record. As like since you know our catalog, you yeah. probably hear it. Yeah. Like we really wanted to make like the slickest Chromio record on earth. Mm -hmm. um, and so it took a lot of hours. Sure. And now we look back, we're like, all right, this is the slickest Chromio record on earth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, 
I don't know what's next. It doesn't mean the next one's got to be just as slick, but we had to hit the slick mark, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I know. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Do you guys, like, when it comes to, like, it seems like you guys are super aware of every aspect of Everyone. the business. <laughs> how cognizant are you? Like, do you read reviews? Good, yeah, bad, all yeah, that? Yeah. So, okay, I always, I'm interested in ask artists all the time. Does it affect you if it's something, like, negative? Or of course. Or build you if it's something, really? So, yeah. like, you do put stock in what others say in that sense? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Because it's, it's yeah, 100%. And, like, Keep in mind, like our music straddles such a fine line between good taste and bad taste for some people, between self-aware humor, between some, we've been accused of parody, pastiche, and there's a fine line between that and like an an homage. And we're super, like, as you guys see us, we're very earnest, but we're also smart asses. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I can tell you're just trying to make each other laugh when you're writing lyrics. Like there's some lyrics where I'm just like, I bet you they fucking howled after they came up with that line because it's so fun and playful. But but, yeah, yeah, but at the same time, it's like, that sort of like highbrow and lowbrow mm-hmm. uh, juxtaposition can get lost in translation sure. with some people who aren't already like chromio adepts. Mm-hmm. So like, no, we read everything and, and you know, even if it's a scathing review, it's an opinion and it's like, all right, that's what a person like this reacts or a publication like this reacts to our music right then and there. And like, it stings yeah. when it's shit and it's great when it feels great, but I, I I like being aware, but me more so than P. I think. Uh, yeah, my P doesn't he, care. I don't care. I'm what makes my blood boil is spreadsheets. So <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. You're like, if I don't have to do that, then he I'm happy. Care. Like, he doesn't care. But I I I think again, like you guys see, we have different roles. Uh-huh. Of course, yeah. I have to stay. I have to keep my tentacles out uh-huh. and just yeah. keep like take the temperature everywhere. I've got to keep my your numbers in line. My numbers in check. <laughs> I've become so detached from reviews personally only because I just view it, and this is really crass, as like a p- possible marketing opportunity. Because I feel like music criticism these days like isn't as doesn't move the needle and isn't it's as not, important. So if you not. get a because great every, review, every, everybody has access to everything, and everybody yeah. is now their own Don't music review critic. It. Yeah, except if you're a new band. If you're, if a, new if band, you're a brand new help. band sure. and you get championed, yes. If you're a band that's been around for more than three albums, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You got, you got your audience. It's the most important your audience matter. cares. It does not move the needle. Yeah. Guys, thank you for yeah. your time. Of course. Hopefully Thanks we can do it longer us. another time. Yeah, 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 Don't want to yeah, miss yeah. a live hit on the radio. This is fun. Welcome to the desserts. We are joined by our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Shane, how are you? Good. <laughs> there was a, well, I'm I don't good. feel I don't feel good. But uh, you how, how were you for that opening? Were you just struggling through that opening? I, I thought you were pretty good. Well, I, I don't say much, but uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I was hurting. I'm hurting very badly today, to yeah. be honest. And I had a a little bit of pressure on me, I guess. To <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> had a little bit of pressure on me to to kind of have a dessert. But then last night happened, and I was like, okay. This, I can tell this story because it was kind of a, a strange night. And I guess it started 11 years ago. <laughs> you have time, right? <laughs> but, okay, just I'm just trying to contextualize this story. And I'm, I might tell this horribly. But 11 years ago, my friend Sean and I, we were supposed to go to a Smashing Pumpkins concert. And Sean is uh, Sean Menard of The Carter Effect. He's the director of the Carter Effect. Yeah. Schmoozed this, with Drake and LeBron. Yeah. But this is when we were both loser kids yeah. 11 years ago. You know, we were only like <laughs> 28. <laughs> uh, but 
we were going to see this very intimate Smashing Pumpkins show in a church. Okay. And I was thrilled. Smashing Pumpkins were my favorite band growing up. I would use their music and all videos I made. And I made this documentary I talk about sometimes about my mom's cheating boyfriend. And I used the song today at a very important part of the doc. And it really made the doc great, I thought, mm -hmm. at least at the time. So to see them in this intimate setting, I was very excited. Menard bought the tickets, said, okay, we're going to do this. And we're going to smoke a little weed beforehand. <laughs> And I'm very bad with substances, any substance, like uh, anything I overdo. It's just a... Yeah, you're not a, a man of substance. It's a character. No. <laughs> <laughs> I get that double entendre, but it's true. Like, it's I can't have anything. I just overdo it. So we smoke the weed. Is this 11 years ago or... It's 11 years okay, ago. Okay. I, I actually don't smoke weed at all mm -hmm. anymore. I just can't handle it. But so we're smoking the weed and I'm feeling good, I thought. And then we get in... The lineup to for the church, it's kind of going around the, the block. And it's kind of tripping out a little bit. And then all of a sudden, I sneeze. And I sneeze all over this woman. <laughs> and the woman turns around. She goes, excuse me, you just sneezed all over me. Yeah. I go, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and then I'm like, why would I say that to her? And I start panicking. I'm like, I'm being rude. I'm being rude. And I start having a total panic attack. And I'm like... I'm sorry, I got to leave. So I walk away out of the line. And Menard's like, what are you doing? And I go, F I'm freaking out right now. Like, I'm totally having the worst panic attack of my life. So Menard goes, well, uh, what do we do? I go, I don't know. I need food. I'm going to faint. I'm going to faint if I don't get food. I'm like, something. my blood sugar's fucked. So I run to a Starbucks. And Menard goes, wait, wait, I'm going to scalp the tickets. I have to sell the tickets if you're not going to go. I'm like, okay, just do it. I, I need food. So he scalps the tickets for, uh, I think, 100 bucks. He got two fifties. And I run into a Starbucks. And at the time, Starbucks just started introducing treats. Like, they didn't always have treats. And they would have the treats in this glass dome. <laughs> so you could actually, customers okay. could reach at them if they wanted. So I just lift up the dome and start eating these coffee cakes. <laughs> and the Starbucks guy's like, no, hey, hey, no, you can't do that. And I go, I need it. I need this food. Trust me, I'm going to faint. And I go, he's going to pay. And I point to Menard. And Menard goes, yeah, it gives him a $50 bill. And I'm grabbing drinks too, like I was drinking, because I'm really thinking I'm going to die. That's the number one thing you think is going to happen when you're having a panic attack is death. You have this irrational fear that you're going to faint and die. And then the guy takes the money. He goes, this isn't real. Goes, this is counterfeit money. And then I'm like, oh, no, the guy thinks I'm a crazy person who just comes in and, like, runs a scam because I looked really nuts. So then Menard runs out, finds the scalper, and is like, hey, that's, that wasn't a real $50 bill. The guy goes, yes, it was. He goes, okay, here's a real $50 bill. He gives him another 50 <laughs> Which definitely means it's fake. Yeah. No, I think it actually was oh, a fit, real 50. Okay. Just 50s feel weird when they're really okay. crisp. And we were acting crazy. So the, the Starbucks guy deduced that it was a scam. Uh, so we come back okay. with a real 50. Anyway, I'm like, Sean, you have to drive me home. Freaking out. Sean goes over the speed bump. I go, stop the car. Stop the car. He goes, what? I go, we just hit a turtle. <laughs> so Shane, listen to me. We did not hit a turtle. I'm like, we did, man. We hit a turtle. I'm like, and I'm so freaking out. I had to have been on like angel dust or something. Whole night is just ruined and fucked up. Our dream was always to see the Smashing Pumpkins again, but then they kind of disbanded and it was like our opportunity never came. Cut to last night. Mm -hmm. Menard goes, hey, remember a couple months ago when you said you see Smashing Pumpkins with me? He's like, that's tonight. Uh. 
And you know how it, concert tickets work. You always buy the concert tickets, and then when the night of it is, you never want to go. Yeah, yeah. Or it's like, like you it, forgot it, that it's, it's coming. It's inconvenient. But the stars actually aligned for this night because my wife went to the cottage with my daughter. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can actually party tonight, mm-hmm. see the Smashing Pumpkins, have this total, like, awesome nostalgic trip. He's like, okay, I actually, uh, I have to buy them off StubHub. Uh-huh. Menard, but Menard's kind of rich from doing the Carter effect and stuff. So Menard's like, I'm paying. And he's like, and we're going front row. I'm like, holy shit, this is going to be like at least $200 a ticket. Like, this is insane, especially StubHub marks it up. It's American dollars. He goes, you just got to buy the beer. That's a pretty sweet deal because Menard doesn't really drink. Mm. And he goes, so where do you want to have the pre-drink? Those uh-huh. my pumpkins. I'm like, where's the cheapest drinks imaginable? <laughs> Ballroom. Ballroom has $4 drinks. As we know from Mike Grumman spreading that gospel for years. You know it. So I get to uh, Ballroom with Menard, and the first thing the person announces uh, is the drink special's off. Okay. I'm like, fuck, okay. And so we're drinking, like, normal-priced beers. What a nightmare. And then, I <laughs> and then I buy the nachos. The nachos are totally shit, too, by the way, at Ballroom. They've changed them. They've put, like, sugar on them. Like, there's, you tasted that. Yeah, right? there's, like, a sugar, like a maple. And so Shane complained to the server. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a side note. Uh, the story gets better. <laughs> I was like, cut the girl some slack, yeah. man. She didn't make the nachos. No, I was just telling her they're horrible. They used to be good. <laughs> He's like, I think you need to know. Yeah. So... So I'm buying, buying nachos, buying the thing. I'm like, okay, Menard probably spent 400 so I got to, like, treat him good. I go, do you guys have shots? And the woman's like, uh, the server, her name was Savannah, actually. And she goes, yes, what would you like? I go, the best shots you have. She goes, Patron. So, yeah, so we cheers. We do. We do. <laughs> it's escalated really quickly. Well, I'm from, like. From we, you wanting to get someone. Mike was there, by the way. He came for one drink. I came for yeah. one drink because it was after work. Ballroom was after work. I'm like, I'm not going to go to the pumpkins, but I'm, I'll literally sit here with you guys. Yeah. And then, like, they're crushing these beers at full price. And then when he's like, shots, just before we're about to disband, I was like, this is going to be a night for these guys. And I would have paid for a shot for you had you wanted one too, Mike. I wasn't excluding you from that. I didn't feel excluded at all. Yeah. Okay. So then. I get the bill. It's 118 bucks. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, I better be careful or I'm going to not get any value of Menard buying the tickets. We go to the show and then I want to really feel like I'm in like high school again. So I start buying Smirnoff ices. But the Smirnoff ice is the most expensive thing on the, the menu there. So it's 15 bucks for a Smirnoff. For one? A- for, uh, for one. For one. ACC. So I, I keep buying these, buying these, having the, the best time. Like today is my favorite song, my Smashing Pumpkins. I, I record Billy like I'm like inches away from him or pretty close. I zoomed in actually on Instagram, but <laughs> it seemed like I was inches. Uh, I spend maybe 100, 120 there okay. on drinks. It was pricey. Doing the math, I'm like, okay, I really got to cool it or I'm not going to get any value from this. <laughs> <laughs> value, yeah. yeah. Well, because I want to come out on top, right? Yeah, Otherwise, right. it's like I might as well have just bought the tickets. Yeah, yeah. So then <laughs> you guys are partying, yeah. and I want to prove that, you know, I still go out because Dan's out there too. Yeah, you put out a feel, you poke the bear. <laughs> poke the bear, and the bear responded. He said, uh, there's a, a celebrity ping pong tournament that you're <laughs> – <laughs> a, a charity ping pong charity. tournament. But then once Max showed up. Yeah, then it became a celebrity ping pong yeah. tournament. <laughs> so – I go there. I'm having a good time. I'm socializing with people. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, you know, I wouldn't say I'm being like Mike Veerman funny in the pocket, <laughs> but I'm okay. I'm being very nice, everyone. I'm like making the decision, do I have to take the bus back to Hamilton mm-hmm. or do I party all night? 
And when you com- <laughs> like that, those are the two extremes. <laughs> when, when you commute, though, that's a very if if anyone who's worked in Toronto and lived uh, more than an hour away, you know, once you miss that bus, you better have a good night, or you should have just got the bus. Yeah. So it, it's this thing that every, everyone goes through, and I'm like, we're getting oh, back to value. It's yeah, the theme exactly. Of this. Yeah. So I'm like, this is the one night too that I've the longest time where I don't feel guilty drinking because my daughter is is miles she's like four hours away at a cottage yeah so i'm not going to be like the deadbeat dad coming home all hammered i can just guilt-free party do you yeah once i miss the bus i'm like trying to figure out where i'm going to sleep everyone's like oh you can sleep in my place all, all this that's the conversation and i'm talking to these girls who had left and they come back and we're talking to them and it's like oh why'd you come back she goes oh i missed my bus mm. and i i'm like oh yeah yeah like I, I did the same i go where are you sleeping tonight and the girl goes, uh, no offense, but not with you. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, maybe like years ago, I would have like riffed on that and made some jokes. But at this point, I want to make it pretty clear that was not my intention. I go, no offense, but I wasn't insinuating that. <laughs> and, and then everyone's acting like that was some crazy comments. Like, ooh, Shane, like chill out. Like you, you, you were there. And yeah. then her friend goes, I thought you were nice. <laughs> I'm like, I thought I was nice. What the fuck did I do? I didn't do anything. So anyways, Menard's like, Shane, like, you're hammered. Like, let's get out of here. Like, you're being inappropriate. And he, <laughs> he takes me off and has, like, a sidebar discussion with me. Can, I just, can I just say that at this point, because I had been out the night before during the flood, but I only came out again. I'd been at work because I, I know this is a big night for you. So yeah. I'm like, Shane's going to be out, and Menard, and fucking Max and Dan. I'm like, I'm going to have major FOMO, so I'm going to go out. But I just didn't have it in me to drink hard. Like, I just didn't have the heart. So at some point, probably when you're talking to Menard or when he's in this like summit you're having I come up and I said listen I think I'm gonna get out of here a bit early and you turned to me and you just said beat it geek (laughs) 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 all right well it was nice hanging I remember that. that <laughs> you were taking it back. I remember you're like, beat it, geek. You were laughing. It was so funny. Yeah. I go, I'm telling that on the post. You go, fine. Fuck so uh, maybe I was on fire. I don't know. That <laughs> so then Menard's like hammered too. He's probably more drunk than me. He's like, listen, he's like, you're drunk and you're being rude to those girls. I was like, Menard, I'm not going to say I was insinuating that I was going to sleep with the girl. He's like, yeah. He's like, actually, you're right. He's like, that's exactly what you should have said. He goes, they probably thought you were just hammered and being rude, but you were just explaining the scenario. I go, exactly. I'm not even fucking drunk. And as I say that, I drop my drink because I'm trying to like talk like with my head. So I drop my drink. It explodes on the ground (laughs) and everyone looks at me and I don't want those girls to think I'm hammered. So I just pointed to Menard. (laughs) I I literally, I grabbed his drink and pointed. I go, he did it. He did it. (laughs) And then the guy comes over with, the broom and shit. Yeah. Cleans it up. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I, I just want to make this good. So I want the night to prolong so I can kind of win these girls back over and just explain, hey, I'm not going to insinuate that I, I wanted you to come home with me. I just want to make that clear. I didn't want to be rude. Anyway, all of a sudden, everyone just bails. Mike goes home. You go home. I'm like, huh, guys, I got a party all night. This is my night. <laughs> I missed my bus. Yeah. <laughs> So it's just this one guy with glasses and his kind of attractive girlfriend at the bar. So I'm just like making conversation. I'm I, I order- Sean still there? No, Sean Sean had left with Mike to go get an AW burger. Okay. Side note, you- the Beyond the Beyond Meat Burger is fucking amazing at AW. It is. It's so good. 
But all of a sudden, this guy's girlfriend, I don't know, she was, like, possessed. She walks up to me and gets, like, this close to my face and just starts staring at me. I don't know if she was on drugs or what, but she's like, you have to come out with us. She's like, you have to come out with us. And she goes, you have beautiful eyes. And I don't know what to do because if I, like, reject this woman, maybe I'm being an asshole or something. (laughs) So I'm just like, and the dude comes up, he goes, there's no way you guys are going out. He's like, you have to stay here. You're not coming out with us. And I go, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to come out with you guys. So I was like, this is weird. So I'm just alone at the bar. And I'm like, where the fuck is everybody? I'm, I'm, so I look for Dan Hamilton. I'm like, oh, I saw him go up the stairs. So I start walking up the stairs. Who do I see? Intern Erica coming. (laughs) She's coming down the stairs at me. So I go, as a joke, I go, and I turn around and act like I don't want to see her. And I turn, I go down the stairs. (laughs) And then I just chill at the bar. And that was like my big joke that I was like trying to avoid him. She's like, hey, uh, what are you drinking? I go, uh, a rum and Coke. And I got the most expensive rum. I got the Sailor Jerry rum and Coke too, because I've already spent so much money. I don't give a shit at this point. She goes, you shouldn't do Coke grabs my drink and throws it over her shoulder. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? That cost me like 13 bucks. What are you doing? She goes, you should drink diet. (laughs) And I go, it actually was a diet Coke. You know, I was just saying that as an expression. And then it was just weird. And I I don't like, like, I'm like, Erica's a little off. And then... So she she leaves, and then I just drink, and then I'm just alone at the bar. <laughs> and I'm like, everybody hates me. Everybody hates me. I'm like an asshole or something. I'm not even trying to be an asshole, but weird things are happening to me, and no matter what, everyone just thinks I'm an ass. So I start uh, messaging Erica. I'm like, I'm sorry if I was rude. No, but you got a new is phone this, number. Is this how you oh, recall this? I texted your wrong phone. Yeah, yeah, I got a new number. Oh, because I was sending apology okay. texts. She got a new number immediately after that encounter, oh. you asshole. <laughs> I, I did send apology texts if I was rude, if I did something oh, to prompt the throwing of the drink. No. You, no. But just to ask, what made you want to grab my drink and toss it over your shoulder? I don't. Here's the thing. My mom listens now to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to get into too much detail, but I don't know. Uh, I don't really remember throwing said drink. I remember throwing the drink, but I don't. I understand the rationale. The motive. Yeah, yeah. the motive. I don't really, I don't remember saying the thing about Coke. I don't know. Sorry. Right. You do remember tossing that. That wasn't a figment of my imagination. No, no, no. That was real. And then I, yeah. That. Yeah. My, I was with my friend and she was just kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like she was like, we should probably leave. I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we we should probably. I got a, I got a call from you and a text. (laughs) Well, because I started searching for friends because I was like, do I even have any? And then you didn't answer. I was, I was Dan asleep. Hamilton didn't answer. But yeah, your text was like, hey, Max, it's Shane. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I wanted to talk. Anyway, that, that was my uh, big party night. You and uh, Menard were arguing about who came up with certain ideas in high school. Do you remember this argument last night? Well, I came up with them all. <laughs> <laughs> that was part of the argument. Because well, well, you guys had like a competition, like who could make up cool catchphrases in high school. Oh, was, yeah, yeah. What was the catchphrase? Mine was, I chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sean was like, I invented that. You're like, I invented that. No, and it actually caught on. Yeah, in our high school. People would say, I chihuahua. What but was yeah. the other one? There's, there's one other funny thing you guys oh, were Oh, uh, I came up with that. Uh, I used to go, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> See? These work. That's it. That's all. That's our episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to Erica for this is like the third episode in a row now that she's been here. Thank you to Chromio. Uh, thank you to everybody that listens. 
Mike on Much can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Mike on Much. You can subscribe to the show on any platform that has podcasts. Uh, Spotify, do it. Um, huge thank you to Tara Pagquette, Jenna Gregory for putting together the artwork. Webby D, the patron saint of the podcast, Justin Stockman. Greg, Whole gang. Everyone. Drake, Mike and Shane. Yeah. The Mike on Watch podcast is produced by Max Kerman. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. See you next week if we don't die on the weekend. Hey, Chihuahua. Chihuahua.